2022 is off to a glorious start if you're a Cincinnati Bengals fan because the Cincinnati Bengals defeat the Kansas City Chiefs at home in week 17, and they are your AFC North champions for the 2021 season. But now we're in 22, and a lot of good things are ahead for this team. We'll see what they do in the postseason, but they have punched their ticket to the playoff bracket, and we'll talk about that. We'll talk about all kinds of different things. But you know, I, I wanted to make this one a little bit, a little bit different. Uh, this this post game show a little bit different than the other ones that I've done, namely because it's it's a day for a lot of us to celebrate. It's a lot. It's a day for a, a lot. <laughs> some of us are are gloating. Some of us are pointing back at some folks that are saying, "Hey, you know, you said." You said this team wouldn't do it, and look look what they've done. Um, they have been on an absolute mission, absolute mission these past few weeks. And you can go back to the Denver game, gutsy win there, uh, gritty win, and then you take care of business against Baltimore, and you take care of business here. The Bengals are 10-6. and six. So um, they have the the Cleveland Browns, who, by the way, they are eliminated from playoff contention, are the Browns. So they are out of the picture. And the AFC is still sorting itself out right now. Um, so at, at, any, at any rate, look, <clears throat> this is a, a good, good day for Bengals fans. It's a good day for the Bengals players. It's a great day for Zach Taylor and... You know, that game was one of the more thrilling ones. If you're sitting on the Kansas City side of the fence, I see on Twitter that, um, you know, a lot of Chiefs fans are are kind of complaining a little bit about, you know, the refereeing, the officiating, and all that kind of things. There were calls that, that really could have been called differently for both teams. A couple of calls late. I, I think Joe Burrow admitting some at the end there um, that were a little – uh, I guess questionable, um, but you know what? For years and years and years and years, we have seen those calls go against the Cincinnati Bengals. So you know what? We'll take a couple. <laughs> we we'll take a couple. That is for sure. Well, I appreciate all of you hanging out here uh, a little later than uh, than expected. Here, getting on right after the, the the game concludes sometimes can be a little difficult. Plus, we've got so many other shows. Ace and Zim and others going on uh, right after the game, too. So we don't want to step on toes. Want to make sure we're getting you all kinds of different material heading out there. We've got a lot of live viewers here enjoying this win. Thank you, Russ, by the way, uh, for your super chat there. Appreciate that, buddy. Um, <clears throat> you can I, I want to I want to ask you this because we're going to get to the box score. We're going to get to a couple of things on Twitter that I found, etc. I want to ask. What And I know recency bias is going to probably play into this, but what really, when you think back, if you've been a Bengals fan for, you know, in, in any time of recent history, there's probably going to be some of you that'll go further back than what I'm going to say. But what what is, if you really rack your brain, what's been the most satisfying season? What's been the most satisfying clinch of a, of a postseason berth in recent history? Was it 05? when the Bengals had that huge dry spell and Carson Palmer, Chad Ochocinco, then Johnson arrived. Was it 09 when everybody left them for dead that year and Palmer and company went undefeated in the AFC North? Was that, was that 
more satisfying because it was unexpected. What about 2011 when the team went and got a wild card berth when a lot of people thought that they weren't going to win a game? 2013, 2015, that outstanding season in 2015. Or was it this one? Was this one the most satisfying? Because again, expectations were all over the map for this for this team, and uh, you know, I, I I know it has it's it's been only six years since the the playoffs, but uh, as opposed to you know a long long time for for some of those other stretches, um, but I, I think I think it's just kind of a fun talking point. You know, there's a lot to there's a lot to grab onto here. There's a lot to uh, embrace and and enjoy. If you're a Bengals fan, this was this was unexpected, uh, in, in a lot of folks' eyes, this outcome of this season. Some folks around around the team predicted this that they would they would do this. I know the the guys inside that locker room knew that they could do this, but um, just hats off, kudos everywhere because really this team has remained healthy. That's been a big key. They invested heavily into free agency especially on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, a lot of us could have cast aside Zach Taylor, Lou Anarumo and company going into this season. And some of us did. And here they are in that pivotal year three, that critical year two in the quarterback coach development. And they've, they've got us, they've got, they've got the, the team right where they want them, you know, right, right there winning the AFC North. And, um, you know, I, I know that we have been critical on, on this show. I know we've been critical on, you know, of players and coaches, and we don't like to single people out or call for people's heads or anything like that. But there have been times in this in this Zach Taylor era where it has not looked the greatest. And slowly, <clears throat> as this season progressed, and as you saw more and more happen this year, you started to see the camaraderie. You started to see the plan come together. And you started to see these talented pieces that they brought in in both the draft and free agency come together. Now, we don't know if they're going to be a one-and-done team in the postseason. We don't know if they're going to make noise in the postseason. But this is most definitely, at a minimum, a huge foundational building block for this team, for this coach, for this quarterback, for, for the city, really. And uh, I, again, I don't, I don't know a team that really wants to play the Cincinnati Bengals right now. I had, I had friends texting me today, you know, Hey, big win. This is fun. And family members and all kinds of stuff. And one of my good friends is a bills guy. And he's like, I, I don't want to, I don't want the bills to play the Bengals this year. <laughs> he's like, I, I just, I, I don't, I don't know that the bills would beat them. So, uh, and I'm not making that up. I, I have the text. So, um, you know, it, it's just, it's a little, it's still a little like uh, surprising and I guess just a little bit dizzying talking about this team and where they're at. And uh, it has been a heck of a fun year for this team, for sure. There's been some maddening moments. There's been some games where they've stepped on their own feet. But this game, you can go back to the Green Bay game. <clears throat> um, it, it It proved that this team can play with anybody can really beat with it, beat anybody. Now, unfortunately, sometimes they are their own worst enemy as well. So that, you know, that needs to be taken to into account, but Hey, um, that's it's, it's the plans coming together. 
the plan's coming together. And I want to share a couple of things here. This is from uh, Ben Baby of ESPN, friend of friend of the show here. He put this out on Twitter. I thought this was interesting here. Uh, Bengals defensive end Sam Hubbard said someone in the franchise said team president Mike Brown was on the verge of tears after Cincinnati won the AFC North today. Um, you know, not sure exactly who the source is and all that stuff. I tend to believe that. I think it's, I think it's factual. And yeah, I know the Brown family and Mike Brown have had their share of critics for a lot of different reasons, but there's one thing you cannot say about that team, that, that family and, and how, how they run the team is they care about it. They may not have made always the right decisions or may not have always put forth the right plans, but they care about winning. They do. Um, They just maybe haven't uh, implemented the correct plans had the right people in place um and or thought that they you know their ways were the the winning ways but they have they have shed a lot of their old ways and they are now moving into more and more modern practices and uh elizabeth blackburn blackburn and company are are you know kind of the shining beacons of that the leaders of that um yeah here's mr whisper two dollar uh two dollar uh super chat thank you sir not bad for a for taking the wrong draft pick. AAC, yeah. If you notice, by the way, Sewell has been playing well, so let's not trash Panay Sewell. Um, he has been playing well for the Lions, but that, that there is little doubt that Chase was the difference maker in this offense. And it's not even just Chase himself and his big playability, which of course it is. There's an extra level of confidence that Joe Burrow plays with, with Jamar Chase on that field. Have you noticed it? I ask rhetorically, of course, but I've noticed it. There is an extra level of confidence that Joe Burrow plays with, with Jamar Chase on that field, whether he actually throws him the football or not. And this last month of football should, should tell you all about it. Um, Remember a couple of weeks ago, we were saying, man, Joe Burrow, he's having a good year, but he's turning the ball over way too much. He's throwing too many interceptions, yada, yada, yada. Hasn't turned the ball over in what three weeks? Um, last two games, close to a thousand passing yards. I think nine seventy one to be exact. Eight touchdowns, no turnovers. Um, and then of course you've got Jamar Chase going off against the Niners in that loss. Um, didn't do much against the Broncos, obviously, but uh, had a nice game last week against the Ravens, and had an absolutely astounding game today. Absolutely astounding. And it, it, this was like, guys, this was like video game stuff. This was, I mean, just throw the ball up in a spot where where your guys can make a play and they just came down with it. T. Higgins did it on a couple of, of contested catches. Jamar Chase did it time and time again. And it was just single coverage. We're going to beat you. We're going to beat you every time. Um, and uh, so, yeah, um, that is, that that's it's a good point there. By Mr. Whisper, and thank you for the super chat there. Seeing a lot of stuff. Is Chase going to win Rookie of the Year? All kinds of stuff. Um, you know, <clears throat> for my money right now, I think I think Burrow definitely needs to be in the Comeback Player of the Year, if not MVP candidate chatter. Zach Taylor needs to be one of the leading candidates for Coach of the Year. And Jamar Chase needs to be a leading candidate for rookie of the year. I know Mac Jones, the quarterback, he's going to end, of course, the Patriots and them being in the playoffs and and all of that, that's going to play into it. But uh, today, Jamar Chase caught for more passing yards than Patrick Mahomes had passing yards. 
he had, he had more receiving yards than Patrick Mahomes did passing yards. And there was a really funny reaction in the post game interview with Jamar Chase when they told him that um, he used a little bit of an expletive, but that's okay. Uh, you know, I just, uh, I, it's really, really neat to see the plan come together. And it's really neat to see this plan come together a lot sooner than a lot of us, including myself expected. That's kind of the message that I wanted to send here. And if you've got, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll pin some comments and stuff and I, I've got some other things to share. I, I won't be here too long cause it's a little late, but we've got, literally got hundreds and hundreds of live viewers, which is awesome. Thank you so much. Glad that you are all tuning in, whether it's on Cincy Jungle's Facebook page, whether it's on our YouTube channel uh, or one of the Twitter accounts. Appreciate you all tuning in. Hundreds, hundreds of live viewers. This is awesome. Amazing. Obviously, it's not because of me. It's because of the team and how you all are psyched for them. So appreciate all of that. And of course, if you're new here, in case you're celebrating, you're just finding all kinds of different Bengals shows and stuff. We are part of the Cincy Jungle podcast channel. Cincy Jungle, of course, is part of SB Nation. It is the official Bengals blog. So you can go to cincyjungle.com for all your analysis, podcasts, all kinds of different things. And of course, you can uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. I believe there's a little uh, subscribe button right down there. You can click that, subscribe, and click the bell to be notified when we go live, when new content is available. If you like this video, give it a thumbs up. I would appreciate that. If you like the audio, if you're if you're not able to join us live or you like the audio format better, you can find our show on the Cincy Jungle Podcast channel alongside Ace and Zim's Orange is the New Black and Matt Mannix Coach Speak and Chalk Talk all on the Cincy Jungle Podcast channel. And that can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, any of the major ones, we're there. I'm seeing Fernando uh, Branquino. Uh, sorry, I'm right here. Is Joe Burrow's knee okay? He said it was, uh, what, what was the phrase he used? Good enough, I believe, in the postgame presser. Not really sure what happened there, but uh, when the Bengals were kind of grinding the clock there and the, at the one yard line. And at the end there, he took a shot, kind of limped off the field. Brandon Allen came in for a couple of kneel downs and uh, then it was Evan McPherson time. So I, I think it's going to take a lot for Joe Burrow to not be on that field. Um, and by the way, <clears throat> does anyone remember that he injured a, a finger on his throwing hand a couple of weeks ago? <laughs> I mean, you would never guess, you would never guess by the way he's playing. It's unbelievable. So, uh, this it's where we've watched Bengals football history these last few weeks, really, truly um, between Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, and uh, you know, they're winning an, an AFC North title witnessing, witnessing uh, history, really Bengals history. All right, let's get to, as we like to do, let's get to the tail of the tape. I won't belabor this too much, but um, it's going to show you a lot. This is from ESPN.com their box score here. So um, hopefully you can uh, see that. If not, I'll narrate along for you. Don't worry about it. By the way, I've got a little bit of a raspy voice. I apologize for those who are new. Usually my voice isn't this raspy, just got kind of a little scratchy throat. So um, I think I've been talking too much maybe is, is the issue. So um, at any rate, <clears throat> Patrick Mahomes, let's, let's start on the left. Pretty solid day from him. 26 to 35, 259, two touchdowns, zero interceptions, no sacks. That was interesting. Uh, and a one 113.9 rating. I mean, for the most part, if you're, a, if you're the chiefs, you're looking at that and you're going, okay, 
Now, there were two plays wherein Mahomes should have had balls intercepted, one by Mike Hilton and one by Eli Apple. The Bengals are thankful uh, that that didn't end up costing them, that they, that they uh, you know, those dropped interceptions, that they ended up still winning because those would have gone a long way to help them out. But regardless, a pretty good day from Patrick Mahomes there. Daryl Williams, uh, good, good day on the ground, 14 carries, 88 yards, two scores. Um, you know, they were kind of doing some different things on the ground. Derek Gore, three carries, 37 yards. Mahomes had a, a couple for 25 yards. Did a couple of things there. You see Blake Bell, Michael Burton, and Travis Kelsey, um, the H-back slash tight ends, all getting a carry apiece, um, but netting only three yards. So trying to get a little cute there. Tyreek Hill, one catch, two yards. Here's where it gets really interesting. Look at look at Tyreek Hill and the stat line of Travis Kelsey. Uh, Kelsey, I, I, now when I saw the stat line for Travis Kelsey, I I thought, wow, I I really thought he exploded, and he didn't. Um, so, Michael Hardman, your uh, your top pass catcher, at least in terms of yards, he had one catch for fifty three yards. Uh, Hill, six catches, forty yards, kept him out of the end zone. Nothing big. Blake Bell, reserve tight end, three catches, thirty five yards. Pringle. Uh, one of the the lower down the totem pole wide receivers and, and kick return. He almost, he did break a kick return for a touchdown, but there was a, a holding penalty or a block in the back that called that one back. That was a big moment. Uh, three catches, 35 yards to Marcus Robinson, two catches, 33 yards. Travis Kelsey though, five catches, 25 yards. Did get in the end zone, but five catches, 25 yards from Travis Kelsey. You take that all day, all day. Um, and then not much else from there. Now, when you look down here, uh, four sacks of Joe Burrow. Um, and so that's not great. And three passes defended 10 total quarterback hits. So you can see why he was hobbled a little bit there. Hitchens, nine total tackle tackles. Uh, Chris Jones was a monster, two sacks on the day. Jerron Reed had a good day, three total tackles in a sack and Frank Clark, another beast, uh, two, two total tackles, um, and a, a sack there as well. So those are, those are kind of some of the, the, defensive stars there um like i said a couple nice returns from pringle one was called back uh <clears throat> nice punt return from from hardman a 29 yarder uh butker was perfect on all of his attempts field goals and extra points um not a great day for punters by the way uh if you look down we'll, we'll <laughs> tommy townsend three for 108 just a 36 yard average and one inside the 20 uh huber three for 118 less than a 40 yard average and zero inside of the opponent's 20. He did have a 51 yarder, but not a great day for the punters. Um, I think just it being a cold day, et cetera, maybe playing into that, but look at Joe Burrow coming off of the franchise best 525 yard performance last week against the Ravens 30 of 39, 446 yards, 11.4 yards per, per pass, four touchdowns, zero interceptions, zero fumbles did have four sacks that netted 31 yards quarterback rating of 148 unbelievable unbelievable joe mixon not much of a factor on the ground this was the joe burrow show the jamar chase show and we'll talk about that joe mixon 12 carries 46 yards still was you know you uh, had a couple of nice scampers here and there but uh what this wasn't about running the football today this was this was a shootout and uh bengal's got just the slight, slightest bit better of the Chiefs this week. 
P Ryan, one carry, four yards. Burrow had a couple of carries there, five, five carries for 10 to be exact. Um, Jamar Chase, uh, unbelievable. 11 catches, 266, and three touchdowns. The one on third and 27 on that final drive was absolutely absurd. Absolutely absurd. The throw, the catch, the footwork, everything. Absolutely absurd. And uh, I, I really, really, Spagnolo talked about Chase, talked about, he's he, Spagnolo, the Chiefs defensive coordinator, talked about Chase, talked about Burrow, all kinds of stuff leading up to this week. And somehow he lets Jamar Chase get 11 catches for 266 and three touchdowns, including a 72-yarder. Okay. Three catches, 62 yards for Higgins. A couple of really nice grabs, including a, a nice 39-yarder. It was three catches on five targets. Uh, Mixon did help out in the passing game quite a bit. Seven catches, your second leading receiver in terms of receptions. 40 yards, um, got 5.7 yards per catch. Uh, seven, seven receptions on eight targets there. Boy, just an, another clutch game. Now, I don't... <clears throat> going to be pretty hard for him to get that 1000 yard season. I think he is now about 160 or so away, 165. So somewhere in that neighborhood with his performance of four catches, 36 yards did have the great touchdown grab late in the game though. Um, you know, so uh just doing doing the the tough work was Tyler Boyd and very few Bengals were as excited about clinching the AFC North than that of Tyler Boyd who has not been on a winning team since joining the Bengals back in 2016, he stuck around. He signed another extension. He has lived through the Andy Dalton era. He has lived through the Ryan Finley era. Um, and now he is reaping the benefits of the Joe Burrow era. So um, good on him. And CJ Uzama, four catches, 32 yards there. Had a couple of nice catches early. Samaj P. Ryan also helping out one catch, 10 yards. Awuzie, uh, 10 total tackles, all of them solo. Um, and when you look at kind of what the wide receivers did or didn't do, uh, good day from him. Logan Wilson, um, kind of some struggles along the middle of the field. Hilton had the dropped interception. Um, <clears throat> you had Kelsey get a touchdown. Uh, some some people have been hit and miss on Marcus Bailey uh, in terms of his performance. I saw him make a nice play late. Um, there, there may have been some plays uh, where he was a step or two behind earlier in the game. I'd have to go back and look, but um, – you know, he, he was he was out there for Pratt, who was activated, then deactivated. I, weird situation there. Uh, Jesse Bates had a nice pass defended early in the game. Uh, really, though, I mean, it was Joby who made a couple of nice plays and not too much from uh, many others. Trey Flowers had a nice day. Uh, they actually asked him to guard Kelsey quite a bit because uh, he's a big corner, um, kind of a safety corner hybrid a little bit. So they had him uh, task... Uh, with uh, guarding some of the tight ends and whatnot. So uh, Hendrickson, real quiet day, did have a couple pressures and stuff, but, um, you know, he had two quarterback hits. You see that there, but a quiet day from them. And that's that's also goes into Mahomes not getting a uh, – not being sacked on the day. Not being sacked on the day. So all in all, um, you know, pretty – it was all about the offense really. Uh, and it was really all about Burrow and chase. I mean, there, there's some nice plays from Higgins, like I mentioned, nice plays from Boyd and others. Um, so I, that's, that's kind of the, the tale of the tape there as, uh, as we 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Say So we're going to get to, I want to show you this real quick, just kind of some drive summary stuff because I like to look at this and then we'll also look at some team stats here. Here's the one thing that uh, I I found pretty um, pretty interesting, or at least I, I have to admit, there was a there was a time here where I said, uh, okay, this was this was fun for a while, but I think now this is when the Chiefs are going to start pulling away. Um, and I'll, I'll show you where that occurred here again. ESPN, this is the drive summary, and when you look at it, touchdown, 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 touchdown. So right there, when it was 28 to 14 and the Bengals, they just scored a touchdown. And then lo and behold, the Chiefs come back and score a touchdown, make it a two touchdown game. When the Bengals exchanged it for a field goal, that's about when I said, okay, now they're going to start trading field goals for touchdowns and, you know, this was this was fun for a little bit, but this may be where Kansas City starts pulling away. Kansas City, Lou Anarumo and his defense, whatever adjustments they made and whatever chat they had in the locker room at halftime, they held Kansas City to three points in the final two quarters. Three points. Uh, that's pretty unbelievable. Um and, you know, when you're and then you're the Bengals who score 17 in the final, you know, the final two quarters. So that's really where this this game turned on a dime, because I, I saw this drive right here. I'll click to expand it here. Uh, nice 11 play drive, but it ended in a field goal. Um, that. That's where I kind of felt like, you know, maybe this one isn't going to go the Bengals way today. You know, they're down 11 and now we're going into halftime. Kansas city's kind of feeling it. Uh, and, and the game sharply turned outside of halftime. And Oh, by the way, right before half field goal and coming out of half touchdown by the Bengals kick a field goal right before half, get a touchdown right out with the gates, 10 points sandwiched around that halftime break. That's been the formula of their success. That's that's how they've won a lot of games this year, especially early this season. Scoring on those two uh, those two drives right right around halftime there. Um, let's keep this going here. I'll show you a couple team stats, and then we'll just uh, talk about a couple other things and hop on out of here. It's been great. Hanging out with all of you. I'm seeing even more uh, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of live viewers across all kinds of different platforms. Welcome. Thank you. And in case you are new here, I'm Anthony Kazenza with CincyJungle.com. And this is the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. Welcome. Subscribe to the channel if you would like and go subscribe to the Cincy Jungle podcast channel on your favorite audio streamer. Leave us a review there too. So uh, appreciate it. I'm, I'm assuming we've got a lot of new people that are 
I don't know. Maybe we don't have new people. Maybe people are just kind of still celebrating. It's a new year, new Bengals team. We'll take it. We'll take it. Let's keep it rolling, though. Um, this is just – I love pointing this out, the team stats here. And this is pretty – I mean, there's a lot of this that's pretty even. So when you look at it, um, here are the team stats. Again, ESPN box score. I like sharing this one. First downs even, 23-23 passing first downs, 11-12, to 11-5 to rushing first downs in favor of Kansas City. Bengals, though, that's where the Kansas City fans are getting their gripes. Six first downs from penalties. Uh, Bengals only four of 10 on third down. Kansas City, six of 11 on third down. And that changed drastically in the second half. Drastically. Uh, 63 to 58 plays, 475 total yards to 414. Um, I mean, it's pretty even, but then you look at the passing yards, 415 by the Bengals. That's obviously net after the sacks and 259 for, from Mahomes there. Time of possession, pretty even. Um, so when you look at it, I mean, Kansas City ran the ball a lot more effectively, 155 rushing yards to 60 for the Bengals. Um, three of four in the red zone for Kansas City. Bengals were two for three. Uh, it's about the sacks. It's about first downs off penalties. It's about the passing yards. Uh, and that's, I mean, those are kind of the major points there, really. Uh, time of possession, Kansas City barely eked it out over the Bengals. So, um, you know, and pretty even game when you look at the end score, too. Tells you that, right? So, um, not a lot of score disparities there or statistical disparities in terms of team stats. Um, <clears throat> let's... Let's look at the a couple of other tweets that I wanted to pull up here. Um, I won't I won't show this video, but this is from our uh, another friend of the show, Mike Petraglia, who was on a couple months ago. Um, you know, and this is Zach Taylor. You know, they ask him about uh, you know what it means to to get the division clinching win, and really, he just kind of gets choked up and has a hard time coming up with the words. And really, he just kind of said something to the effect of, you know, you guys have been here. You've seen what we've been through these past couple of years. So to be here, it's, it's, it's a good thing. So um, really, really cool moment. I recommend you go check out Mike Petralia's um, Twitter account to go listen to that clip. Uh, pretty cool. Pretty cool moment by Zach Taylor, an emotional one. Um, and obviously you can, you can see, what what this means to him i see andrew seiler here anthony where did you get that hat this hat dude this thing is corduroy it's a new era go to culture kings not a, not a sponsor of the show culture kings i think they're based out of australia but uh i got a handful of these for as christmas gifts and all kinds of stuff so go uh go go check that out Col culture kings i believe is where i got it uh it's like the old school sam weish corduroy on that if you like that hat all right <clears throat> I mentioned my colleagues, Ace and Zim, a couple uh, couple minutes ago. This is how the day started. Check this out. This is how the day started. This is Joe Burrow coming to the stadium wearing the three, uh, the Migos shirt, the three Migos shirt that was created by Ace Boogie and Zim Hude. 
and you can go on their shop there and and go purchase one that's blowing up. But the day started with Joey B repping that shirt, repping his wide receivers, and ended with an AFC North title. So uh, hats off to my to my guys Ace and Ace and Zim getting a little love from Joey B and the Bengals there from that shirt and on a lot of Instagram stories and stuff that players were sharing as they were celebrating. You saw Joey. Um, wear that shirt later too. So that was pretty cool. And finally, I want to show this one as well. Bengal Jim, he's a, he's a great guy and a guy who does a lot for Bengals fans. Um, this is, this was his, uh, showing his ruler of the jungle and his, his lovely wife. Um, if you saw, he was, he was kind of revving up the, the crowd here. And what was he doing before this? He was throwing a tailgate, raising money for the Boomer Assisons, uh Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. So that's just kind of shows what kind of guy he, he is. He was a fan of the year. And, uh, you know, obviously in doing so, got the honor of being ruler of the jungle for this great game. So, uh, Jim, hope you had a great time, bud. Uh, very deserving of the honor and uh, wanted to give you a little shout out there, too. Before we hop out of here, let's look at the playoff picture. And the current seedings, at least as of Sunday night, and then we will get out of here. So, here you go. Uh, Titans move into the first first spot as eleven and five. They are the division leaders of the AFC South. They've clinched that division. The Chiefs have clinched the West at eleven and five. They move down to the two seed with the loss to the Bengals. The Bengals are entrenched at the three seed. They clinch the AFC North at ten and six. The Bills clinch a playoff berth at ten and six. The Patriots clinch a playoff berth as well under Mac Jones. They are the fifth seed currently, and there are two seeds available. And right now it looks like they belong to the Colts and the Chargers. So if if I'm trying to trying to see this, how this works here. Um I think. Well, we don't know how that's seed. We have to we have to wait till it seeds out here. But at any rate, there are five playoff spots accounted for, a couple more to be accounted for. On the NFC side, you've got the Packers who have clinched their division, the Rams who have clinched a playoff berth. You've got the Buccaneers wild day for them today, by the way. In case you didn't know, go check out what's going on with Antonio Brown. Um, they have clinched their division. The Cowboys have clinched their division and the Arizona Cardinals have fallen off quite a bit after their hot start, but they are in the playoffs at 11 and five. Um, so, and then you've got the Niners and the Eagles uh, currently slated in the hunt for the final two spots there. All right. That's going to do it. That's going to do it. I think we've got hundreds and hundreds, even more, even more live viewers. I can't believe it. You guys keep coming. I love it. I love it. Hey, thanks for tuning in. Let's celebrate Bengals are your 2021 AFC North champions beating the Kansas City Chiefs in a thriller 34-31. To me, I, I remember a handful of games that were really, really exciting in recent memory. I remember the 2015 Seattle game. I remember the 2015, um, the 2015 Ravens game, the AJ Green game. Um, this one, this one was up there, man. This one was up there. This this was really cool. This was a really cool uh Really cool day, really cool game. And I know it would be easy to say, oh, you know, if the Bengals had lost, we would have probably not 
been so rosy about what a great game it was, but I think, I think even if the the score was flipped and it was similar to that, it would be bit, a bitter pill to swallow, but I think we could say that it was a very fun, entertaining, watchable game for sure. So um, yeah. Hey, thanks everybody for tuning in live, especially late. Keep celebrating this Bengals win and this division title keep coming back for our show. We do the post game show. We do our uh, deep dive analysis show on Wednesday. We do some fantasy football stuff. We do um, listener questions live, all kinds of different things if you're new here. So come, come check out our channel, come check out cincyjungle.com and it's podcast channel on your favorite audio streamer. And uh, Hey, appreciate y'all tuning in. It's been a very long time since I've been, I, I don't think this show in its existence I don't think we've been able to talk about a winning season, a playoff season, anything like that. Uh, I think this started actually in 2016, if I remember correctly. And I have to go back and look, but um, we have not been able to talk playoffs on this show. Usually at this point, we're talking mock drafts. We're talking prospects. And now here we are talking about the Bengals and who they may face in the playoffs. Thanks, everybody. Take it easy. Enjoy the rest of your week. We'll be back at it with all kinds of different material for you. Take care.